check. Is this thing on? Hi, guys. You're so quiet. So, son, thank you very much. I just think because um, just the fact that we did it in front of kind of our fir first full house in, I don't know, 16 months, 14 months, whatever it's been, that made it very monumental for everybody. So I think it was a victory no matter what the stats of the matches were. Um, I think for us putting together Stadium Stampede uh, 2, it's a challenge because last year's was so critically acclaimed and so well done. But the difference was last year, we were kind of in an uncertain world. We didn't know what to expect. And everybody was kind of really nervous and scared. So we wanted to do something that was more fun for, um, for people uh, to kind of have a diversion from all this weird stuff that was going on. This year was a little bit more of an action movie because it's much more serious of an angle and a story. So um, I think for me, after spending kind of the last four days filming it and doing a lot of editing and that's production work on it, just watching it from behind the curtain and hearing everybody's reactions to it, that's when you know that it's good. You're just like, oh, good, they're, they're into it. And then also, too, I think the element that we ended up doing it live, uh, finishing live, I don't think anybody expected that. And uh, that was really a cool moment, too, when you kind of see the ripple of effect of people looking up and then everyone starts looking and then seeing that reaction. So hearing those reactions is something that was sorely missed. And I think we forgot how important those reactions are. Um, but now that they're back, it's like, man, this is what wrestling is all about. A uh, two-part question, Chris. Uh, Bozzi just put out his tour schedule. A lot of dates. How engaged can fans expect you to be with AEW here uh, last half of the year? Well, I mean, it's, it's one of those things that if you kind of do the math and actually look at the schedules, you can see that there's always a way to make it work. So... Um, same with AEW, we're excited to go back on the road with Fozzie. This tour that we're doing was postponed five times. Um, and now that we're ready to go, it's super exciting on that respect as well. But I'll be on Dynamite as much as I possibly can, which is still going to be probably all the time. <laughs> um, well, I think the fact that we both have the same boss, it was probably like, come do this. Uh, he was super awesome. And the best part was, we said, do you mind saying holy shit? And I thought he was going to say no. He's like, yeah, I'll say it. And I was like, oh, that's great. So um, once again, I think that's one of the fun things about, about like, like a great action movie. There's a little levity. And the Urban Meyer scene was great, but we played it straight. So it's not, you know, ha-ha slapstick comedy. And um, he was one of the highlights for sure. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, I think uh, that because it was such a success, it's like any big movie that makes money, if it's a success, then you figure out a way to do it again. Um, I think the fact it's like, how are you going to do another one is probably the same question that they asked us after we did the first Elimination Chamber. And now there's been 30 other things. So we were able, like I said, to change the tone. We actually brought in uh, one of the stunt coordinators who works on the John Wick movies to help us with some of the fight scenes to make it a little bit more of an of a, of a action movie, like I said. Because we think like wrestlers, and he thinks like a cinematic fight scene guy. So putting it together was uh, was tremendous. And then the craziest part was actually rappelling down that scoreboard, uh, which was absolutely insane. It was about 100 feet off the ground, and they made us sit there for about 30 minutes as they were getting ready. So it was pretty uh, scary. But once we actually took that little 
leap off the edge. It was super exhilarating, and um, you'd be hard-pressed to find any other five guys crazy enough in wrestling to do that and still look cool as fuck. Yeah, super excited to have Mark, and uh, Mark made a huge appearance tonight, and you're going to hear everything that he has to say on Friday, um, and he has a lot to say. I know, he doesn't never stops talking. But, uh, what? Well, I'm going to answer, let me finish the question. Jeez, okay. Um, I think anytime we can have a guy with the experience of Mark Henry, uh, both in the ring and outside of the ring, uh, it just helps our company. That's one of the things that we need. We needed very much when we first started because it was basically me and Dustin Rhodes and Dean Malenko were the guys that had, you know, some actual decades of experience on live TV. Here we are a year and a half later and our, our guys and girls are still learning. So having a guy like Mark come in, same thing having a guy like Paul White come in. He can do anything behind the scenes. He can do anything in front of the scenes. He can talk. He can maybe one day put on the knee pads and the boots and come out and wrestle again. I don't know put on a, a salmon colored sports coat and go nuts again. But anytime we can have somebody uh, like Mark, and I'm not just saying it because he's here, uh, of the quality of person and the quality of performer, it just makes us a better company. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that started right before the pandemic actually on the cruise. And it was one of those things where people just started doing it. It was completely organic. And there's a lot of critics and, and they, why don't you sh tell them to shut up? Like you're a heel. That's not how it works. Pat Patterson taught me years ago, we strive to get reactions. When you get reactions organically, don't step on it. So it became part of our, a part of our show, so to speak. And then the pandemic came, we lost the crowds. So when they came back, I was worried if they would still remember. And thankfully they did. But once we started getting like sizable crowds, like a blood and guts was like, holy shit, it's back. And then tonight, actually last week, uh, two nights ago on Friday, was ridiculously great, and tonight as well. So once we start going back on the road again, it'll be, that'll be one of the highlights of the show. Because when people at home see that, it makes it like the cool place to be and they want to be a part of it. Um, and like I said, it's completely organic. Say it one more time. Hispanic talents working with you on the inner circle. Yeah. I mean, Hispanic, white, black, Chinese, we don't care, it's just about the, the talent and all of those guys. I mean, I speak more Spanish than Sammy Guevara does, as you see. But um, amazing talent, somebody that we really want to put the spotlight on. He's going to be one of our biggest stars, as we saw tonight, the reaction that he got in the arena. Uh, Santana Ortiz, I didn't really even know them when they first came to the Inner Circle. And they're just great human beings, great friends, and just one of the best tag teams you'll ever see. And they will be AEW Tag Team Champions very soon. And then Big Jake, man, I've known him for 10 years, and I always thought he could have been a champion uh, anywhere he was, and he's proving that again. So I think tonight's Stadium Stampede, the way we do things here, nobody's writing anything. You write your own stuff. All we did was, like, come up with some ideas. Let's do a fight in a freezer. Let's do a fight with, uh, in a chair room. You know, let's do a fight through Urban Meyer's offices and that sort of thing. So uh, a club scene, you know, and then the rest is up to the guys. And then... We watch it and see what they do and then kind of piece it together and edit it together properly and and it just turns out to be a, a, a piece of magic for sure. Yeah. 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 Well, I wanted to, um, when we had 
we've been planning all this stuff for almost a year, since September of last year. And with some twists and turns and things changed, but we knew we wanted to have Max join the Inner Circle and then do this very intricate quadruple swerve where he turned on us. If you remember, at first it was Sammy coming out, then it was like the Inner Circle was going to turn on me, then it's, we figured, found out that Max was the stake in the grass, and then he formed the pinnacle and beat the crap out of us. So the idea was always to, uh, for us to turn together. I didn't want to do, you know, Sammy and Jake turn on the three of us, because I don't think that's ever really happened before. Usually it's kind of the wrestling trope of the, they, they turn on each other within a faction. We try and stay away from all that stuff. So the five-way turn, it was set up perfectly. I made sure to keep us off TV long enough to sell it, but I knew when we came back it had to be something very cool. Um, and that's why I came up with the idea of, the, of being hiding kind of in the, in the dressing room and then doing the Fast and Furious thing the next week, which was all based around back in black. We come back in black, it's a different attitude. It's not this funny, bubbly bunch, although we can do that stuff. But um, we actually even tried to license back in black by ACDC and they wouldn't even call us back. And the next day I saw it on Applebee's. So I guess Applebee's is more, uh, more uh, ACDC friendly than we are. But that was the idea. And the back, back in Black is the attitude, Back in Black is the look. And if you watch our show, we still dress almost completely in black. Because people uh, relate to that and they subtly understand this is different. Every time you turn heel or babyface, you should do something different, a different look. So people understand, oh, this is a different guy and this is a different inner circle. And then having a great heel uh, faction like the pinnacle it's just been it's just been magic it's been so much fun and it's not over yet Well, like I said, one of the biggest missions for AEW from the start is to build our own stars. That's how you make a company popular. Uh, and we've done a great job. Tony Khan, this is what he does. Uh, he puts together rosters. He has veterans that have won, you know, Stanley Cups before or whatever you want to say. He has the guys in their prime. He has a great, you know, kind of up-and-comer and then, and then kind of the rookies that are playing on the Elevation and Dark teams. Uh, but it's always to build stars. And I know some people are like, oh, there's always so many faces on Dynamite. And that's because we want people to be familiar with who these guys and girls are. Even if they just appear for a second. Well, who's Nick Camaroto? Well, you'll find that out over the next few years. And there's so many factions. Well, to me, I don't ever have a problem with getting as many people on TV as possible. Because once again, we're planting seeds so you can see these faces. Some of them will be main eventers. Some of them will be middle. But everybody who is signed here is here to be a star. We don't sign people just to sign them. It kind of harkens back to when I first started in WWE in 99 when everybody had something. That's what we want here. We have such a big roster, we try and put as much as we can so that you get familiar with, with them. Uh, Sammy tonight, you know, he, he won the main event. That's, that's what we want. Sean Spears never got much of a chance in WWE, you know, and then go through the roster. Wardlow had no interest. FTR came with us. Uh, Hager came with us. Santana Ortiz, they were begging them to go to WWE, they said no way. Sammy, I handpicked him, same thing. We want to be here for the right reasons because we believe in our company and we're building it together and it really feels that way.
I like to try things sometimes, and we had a, a segment in Nashville, which was probably week four or five, where we weren't working together, but I think I had just done something with Cody, and he was just about to, and we kind of had a little interaction, and we had this great promo, and I was like, oh, this guy, it's the same thing I felt with Kevin Owens, this guy gets it, he's good, and he understands what wrestling is. And I don't care if he's 25 or 45, either you get it or you don't. And that's when I knew I could do something with him. And I kind of put it in the back of my mind. And then we did the thing with Orange Cassidy last year, which was 14 weeks. When that was done, well, who can we do with next? I think MJF is the guy. And he wanted to, the, the idea of the pinnacle was already kind of being floated. Let's wait and do it properly. And if you look, we've been, we started, I think, September 9th when we first, our limos pulled up and we got out of the car and met Tony Schiavone. Um, that's a long time for, for a program and an angle and a feud, especially when it's been as good as this one. In my opinion, it's, it's, it's the top story on AEW, and that was proven by the fact that the Stadium Stampede was on in the main event. Yes, you can ask one quickly. Say it again. You probably could. I mean, I've done, uh, I've been very specific to keep them separate because I want people to understand the separate, but I think they do at this point. Uh, we just had our new single, Sane, came out on Friday. It's already at 250,000 views on YouTube and all that other great stuff. So you never know. Maybe we'll show up one day. But uh, anyway, Slice It will continue to do both and uh, enjoy being in front of live crowds again.